Hello, you're listening to Working Mommy, where the goal is, of course, to be the best mom ever, and most importantly, stay sane while we do it. So in today's episode, uh, this is going to be one I think that a lot of people can really relate to and a challenge that a lot of people might be facing. And it's something that definitely needs to be discussed. And I'm glad it came up. This topic actually came up in one of my Facebook mommy groups that I am a member of. I am in so many Facebook mommy groups, but I love them because I get to see what's on other mommies' minds and, you know, share ideas, bounce information off of each other. You know, it's great how open people are in those groups. And even just with like sharing kids' clothes and, you know, hey, my kid grew out of their diapers. Does anybody need these diapers? I think that's awesome. It's a great way and a great place where mommies are coming together, you know? So if you're not in a Facebook group, mommy Facebook group, I would definitely say, you know, go on your Facebook page. And I know we all kind of probably like are sick of Facebook at this point, but I kind of do keep mine active just for, you know, purposes like that, just so I can be a little bit dialed in and a little bit connected and just kind of know what's out there and share resources. But um, so anyway, uh, this topic did come up in this particular Facebook group that I'm in, and it is what the title of this video says, co-parenting with someone who sucks, okay? Someone who is a narcissist, someone who makes your life miserable, that horrible ex that just won't act right. You're trying to be there for your child and do the best thing possible, and they are just bent on themselves and using the child as a pawn and all that weird stuff that narcissists do. And it's unfortunate because, you know, when you do have a child involved, you, you do sometimes you're in that situation where there may be joint custody and things like that. So you're unfortunately stuck with trying to make this situation work with this narcissist. Okay, so this is something that causes a lot of stress for mothers. It really is. And it's something that I think we really have to kind of ourselves be aware of and give ourselves the tips that we need to kind of get through those situations and not lose our zeal and let the stress of that person tear you down. Do not let them tear you down, okay? You are a mother. You are doing one of the most important jobs, if not the most important job on the planet. You are parenting our future generations. So don't let this negative person make you feel like you're doing something wrong. And what I want to do in today's episode is really give you some tips and things that you can employ, actual practical things that you can do to help in this situation. Because ultimately, if you're too stressed about what you're going through with this narcissist, with this co-parent, that sucks, okay? And it's okay to say that. Say they suck. Say it to your girlfriends as you're listening to this podcast. Say it in the mirror. Say what they suck. You know, it, it's just awful, okay? But you can get to get through it. You can get through it. And you're going to come out on top and you are going to still be the best mom that you can possibly be because that is something that nobody can take away from you. Nobody can take away your good, positive energy, your love that you are going to give to your child, okay? So let me first kind of talk to the perspective of, and again, this whole kind of um, 
uh, monologue here is going to be kind of focused from the perspective of someone who is not still with this person that sucks, that can't co-parent, this narcissist, okay? It's going to be from the perspective of perhaps you're divorced or separated and have joint custody. It's going to be kind of geared towards that um, situation as opposed to, you know, if you're still together with this person, I feel like that conversation is kind of a bit of a separate conversation. But um, so anyway, jumping back in, first of all, um, I want to kind of share my experience as someone who is a person who went through that situation as a child and is now an adult and can really look back on the situation from the child's perspective. Because again, the whole focus and goal is the child, right? You know, we want to make sure we're not getting too stressed and overwhelmed and do the best job with our parenting. But at the same time, you know, our whole focus is that child, making sure that that narcissistic behavior doesn't affect them, making sure it doesn't affect our parenting ability. So I'm going to give you that perspective first. And then there's some other things that I kind of found in some research that I would share with you as well. So first thing that I want you to take away is know that your child might be affected by the narcissist by this person who sucks that is your co-parent but most importantly you can be all that your child needs to develop into a well-rounded sensible adult so don't feel like just because this person is in your child's life that is going to just make the whole thing crumble because it's not because you're in your child's life and you can do everything in your power to make sure that your child has everything that they need regardless of that person. So understand that it's a challenge, but don't let that challenge really affect how you feel the overall situation with your child and the overall outcome is going to be. Because again, all sometimes a child needs is that one person, you, their mother, and I'm talking from the perspective of a mother because this whole podcast is called Work It Mommy, but it could be from the perspective of a father as well, okay? So just know that you are enough. You know, if they're not acting right, that's okay. Your child's still gonna get everything and then some they need from you. So just focus on being that positive force in your child's life. So my mom was a single mom. And one of the things that I can see from my perspective looking back is that she stood her ground and she gave her all to her kids in every way that she could. And that in itself is what spoke volumes to me as a child in that situation and made me the person that I am today. And know that, you know, sometimes your kids are going to be raised maybe just by a single mother or single father and that's okay look i'm here i'm fine i don't think i turned out bad okay <laughs> i'm okay and now i'm a mother myself and you know i'm putting my heart and soul in it so you know focus on success stories you know maybe ask people you know who were in this situation as a child you know what did you see from your one good parent that you liked you know or what did you see from your negative parent that you didn't like so then you can take that information and channel channel it into your parenting 
okay? So, yeah. So another thing that my mother did that I am reflecting on and I wanna share with the mothers that are in this situation is she also never met my father alone. Once they finally officially separated and then after that divorce, she never did like the custody meetups, just her and him, okay? And the reason which she shared with me for that is because when you are in that situation with the narcissist, they are going to use any opportunity that they can get you by yourself to belittle you in front of the kids, to put you down, to say, you know, everything is your fault, to play the blame game, and to do all those negative things to you. But remember, a narcissist has an overinflated view of themselves, and they're very much out of touch with reality. So when you have somebody else present, it just shuts their mouth, okay? It just shuts them right on down because they only gonna wild out on you but so much, okay, with the presence of somebody else. Now, you can do that through the courts. Someone could be an appointed person to kind of supervise the um, exchange of the children and things like that. Or, you know, they had a little bit of a different agreement. So my mom would always just have someone with her, like her sister, one of my aunties was always there, one of her friends or whomever would always do that exchange. So she never left the opportunity for really them to be um, in a situation alone, her and my father, once everything was final. She also had very pointed um, phone conversations. So it was like, okay, I'm gonna call you this day, this time to talk about the kids. And she would actually put a time limit on it, okay? I'm gonna talk to you, you know, for 15 minutes about this and you can, you know, use your judgment, you know, based on who you're actually dealing with. Some people, you know, you may not wanna tell them that you're keeping it to a time limit, but know your time limit in your head and then don't exceed it because that's what you don't wanna do. You don't wanna give a narcissist too much of your time because a narcissist, you know, they have, again, an overinflated view of themselves. So the more of your time they can monopolize, that is what feeds them. Because that gives them, again, more time to criticize you, put you down, and give you issues and problems. So give them very small doses of you, okay? So if you have to have a phone conversation and now we have text, just text them. We're going to meet you this day, this time, you know, to do the exchange, and that's it. And if you're not getting the type of responses that you want in text, you know, keep it minimal. Just say, you know, I want to keep this centered around the kids. If they start throwing a bunch of negative texts your way, a really quick way to shut down a narcissist is to just coming back. Okay, I hear what you said. Now, what about when we're going to pick the kids up? When are you going to bring the kid back? Just stay on the topic of the child, the child, the child. Never allow them to drag you back down the road of this is your fault. That's my fault. Argue, argue, argue. Do not argue with them because... That's also where a narcissist thrives on, is, is being argumentative, you know? And then it's not worth your energy, okay? Don't waste your energy. Um, so that is one tip that I feel that could help a lot of women. Because again, sometimes narcissists is just one layer of it. Sometimes, you know, there's other issues there too. So limit your time with the person. Keep it strictly business, okay? Um, another thing that my mother did that she made a point to do um, is 
she never really acknowledged like every now and then a narcissist you know will kind of like like fool you in this childcare situation like they may do one thing good and you'll be like oh wow that was really awesome that you know you did that you you picked them up early you know or you you gave them an extra gift or whatever like that this is all stuff they're supposed to be doing anyway and these are probably things that they were not doing before y'all separated that they should have been doing anyway so if they're magically doing this stuff now know that it's probably fueled by an agenda and while you can give a a slight acknowledgement to it i would not go to praising them right because sometimes we we want that person who has all these issues to kind of make that turn around you're not together with them anymore let them do that on their own time you know so if you know your co-parent that is awful and a narcissist does something great out of the blue just be like oh oh okay great so anyway when's the next time we're gonna meet up don't really give them that that opportunity to let you say something that is going to lend you to praise them because again then you're stroking their ego is how they're going to take it because they're not a normal person okay i mean and that sounds a little bit harsh sometimes narcissists with professional help they can kind of be bought back and and learn how to act but again if they're not getting all that just don't even waste your time so again try not to over praise i guess i would say good things that they do that they should have been doing the whole time anyway, okay? And again, that's gonna kind of shut them down. Like, oh, I did all this stuff. I bought a gift and I can't, I picked them up early and she didn't acknowledge it. Literally be like a robot with them. Monotone all the time. No matter what they're doing, you stay completely the same. Don't let them change you for the good or the bad. You just like in robot mode with them, okay? Um. And some people may agree or disagree with that. I'm just telling you from my perspective, the information that my mother shared with me and what I saw and what I think worked. So that's why I'm bringing it to you guys. So I hope you're finding this information helpful and please let me know, you know, yeah, you can either send me an email or drop me a line in the comments. That's always helpful. Okay. Um, another key tip I want you to do mommies is let's, this narcissist, let this co-parent that sucks, let them expose their own faults, okay? So, and it's hard, but resist the urge of, you know, yeah, you know, your daddy sucks because A, B, C, D, he did, da, 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 da. I feel that that needs to happen when the kids are a little bit older, like maybe right as they're like entering adulthood a little bit, I feel like that is more of the time, you know, maybe, maybe like 1920 when they kind of have started to gather some information yourself and form that picture, like, Hey, you know, he sucks. Then you can kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. But if you start doing that at an early age and I can speak from experience there, it almost kind of makes the child wonder, is all of that true? You feel me? So it's like, oh, these are the things that she's saying. This is what I remember. And again, that's going to be different depending on, you know, when in your child's life you split with this narcissist. But again, it kind of makes you wonder, like, is that true? And, you know, what actually happened if you, the mother, are constantly putting 
the narcissist, the father or whomever down in front of the kids. So let him expose his own faults, okay? So really, and again, a person who is a narcissist, this is gonna be what they do. You know, they, a narcissist cannot help but be in that space all the time. And that's the type of energy that they're just always gonna be giving out. And it does not take a child long, you know, even by age like six. And before that, really, kids be like, because mm, I can remember millions of occasions where it was just like, you know, I see that there's something seriously wrong here. So another thing that my mother would do is she really, and you know, it's gonna be different again, how much or how little you say on this one that I'm about to share, but she would prep us before we would visit with our father. So, you know, she would pull us aside individually and be like, okay, because <laughs> that's what you got to do when you're dealing with this type of person. When you are dealing with a crazy narcissist who just isn't a good co-parent, um, she'd be like, all right, so, you know, you have to go see your father today. Here's some things to be on the lookout for, you know, um, and, and sometimes it was things that, you know, just for our own well-being, you know, because again, sometimes as mothers, we have a lot of anxiety around this because we don't know really what the environment, you know, is going to be like um, when they're spending time with their father, you know, if he's a narcissist and, and has some, some issues and isn't a good parent, then the, the mind starts to wonder about everything else. So she would prep us, okay, for his personality, things that, you know, would make him upset, things to avoid, things to do, things not to do. And of course, she would always be like, and don't forget, when you come back, you know, you tell mommy anything that you need to say, anything that's gone on, anything that was said to you, anything. So encourage that open dialogue, with your child because they will tell you okay kids are very in tune they know a lot of things you don't even have to tell your child what's wrong and what's not a lot of that human instinct you know intuition is built is pre-programmed in from the jump so exercise that part of your voice with your child and just say you know you're gonna go for a visit this is how long you're gonna be there you know, these are the things that are going to go on. And, you know, you know that sometimes daddy, A, B, C, D, don't try to be negative because that kind of, you know, speaks to the previous point that I made about allowing them to expose their own faults. So you don't want to do it in a way that you're like, you know, picking them apart or criticizing them, but you basically want to empower them to deal with whatever craziness they're going to be dealing with. I really think that's the key is empowering the child to, you know, use their voice in a good way, you know, stand up for themselves the best that they can. And most importantly, have that open conversation with you when they come home. So prep your child before visits. Don't just pack them up and send them on their way. When they have a little game plan in their head, 
when your child has a plan of how to deal you know, with little situations they may be in, or if they're feeling uncomfortable, or if they're just getting yelled at and screamed at and belittled and criticized, if they know how to deal with that from a young age, they're already going to be leaps and bounds ahead. And again, you know, sometimes, you know, we hear all the negative sides of, you know, single parent families and, you know, divorce is so hard on the kids and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it is, but I'm going to tell you something else. It also will teach your children how to avoid some problems too. And it'll give them some life lessons and give them a realistic perspective on life that sometimes people who had it all, you know, had the perfect scenario with both parents and everything, they are totally oblivious to it, you know, and then it may happen to them later in life and then they don't know how to deal with it. So, you know, that's another way you could explain to your child. And that's how my mom was. She'd be like, you're getting a life education right here. Okay, these are the real things that can happen, you know, and this is how you need to deal with it. So they learning adult skills earlier. That's all it is. That's really all it is. is They are learning some and it's a shame they got to learn it that early, you know. But again, you can still turn that into a positive as far as their development. You know what I mean? So empower them before they go off with their father or whoever it is that is a narcissistic co-parent that just sucks empower them before they go on those trips that way again they got a little game plan in their head and everything and it could be a situation where if it gets too bad then they know okay if this happens if i get screamed at you know or, or call the name three times or one time or whatever then they know that's a call to mommy see that that's how you know and that's what we did like okay if a b c and d happens then that's a call to me and we're coming to pick you up so again there's a game plan in place and this is the part that you don't share with that narcissist okay and nowadays every kid you can give them their own cell phone if this ain't acting right you call mommy okay and then mommy calls you know whoever is the maybe it's the court liaison you know or someone who's gonna help facilitate these visits and you get your child you know, because again, it's not it's not an easy situation and you don't want to expose your child needlessly to 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 things they don't need to be dealing with, you know, from this type of behavior. So if it's to that point, definitely exercise your rights and exercise your voice in that way. Um, so another thing that my mom did that was kind of funny is once we grew up, once we got to the point of being like teenagers you know mid to late teens and we could you know pick up the phone and make our own arrangements and everything i still remember to say she picked up that phone dialed that number and was like hey so you know our kids are grown now and i don't ever want to speak to you again don't call me um don't ask me for nothing you know it's all arranged and they don't need me to be involved anymore and she wasn't and from that day on that was it so she then, once we got old enough, and again, this is going to be your call as a mother as to when you feel that that is, you know, the time for you. But, you know, for me, it was around like late 16, 17, when, you know, I started doing all of the calling and making my own um, arrangements. And she would step in if there was an issue, okay, because she had already trained me all those years as a how to deal with it. And I knew, and I did. 
Okay, so now I'm going to go ahead and get this screen share up. Just a good article that I ran across and just kind of looking up some stuff um, online today on this. But um, 10 tips for co-parenting with a narcissist. And this is on Psychology Today. This isn't an, a new article, but it is, these are, this is stuff that's just relevant all the time, okay? So um, this article had a lot of really good things to say and made a lot of good points. So first thing they said was set boundaries about communication. And I kind of talked about that earlier. I kind of shared, you know, how my mom did it with limiting the phone calls and having somebody else present. Second thing you want to do is seek a parent coordinator through the court. So again, spoke about that a little bit earlier as well. I think a court appointed person could be even better because if it's someone that you're using that maybe the narcissist also knows, they may be more prone to, you know, acting like a narcissist and being a jerk. So, you know, someone through the courts is going to have that little bit of, um, you know, law is involved, you know what I mean? So they're going to be forced to kind of act right more. And if that's what you feel you need to do, because this person is really giving you a lot of problems, do it, you know, and don't let them because that's kind of what, you know, my mother had to deal with. It was like, oh, you don't trust me enough that we don't have to use a court person you know, to regulate our visits and everything. It ain't about that. They've already shown you who they are. Believe them. That's why you two are not together. So just don't listen to that and use a person from the courts if that's what you feel you need to do, okay? Have a guardian um, at Latum appointed for your child. So if you're having a custody dispute, okay, and which is, of course, common when you're dealing with a narcissist, you can have a guardian at Leadum appointed to your child. That is a person who looks after your child's interests while you are involved in the court system and acts as an advocate and support person. They can be requested by an attorney or an appointed judge. So this is someone who's going to be there through the whole process, you know, of the split and determining what the visitation rights are going to be and everything like that. So a lot of people probably don't know that's something that you can actually ask for because what a lot of time a narcissist will do in this situation is they will use the child to kind of be like, oh, you know, tell the courts this or tell the courts that or whatever. But if you go ahead and get this court appointed person that's going to be present when, you know, they're talking with them through this whole negotiation process, that's going to help out too because it's going to, you know, again, just keep everything where it needs to be. Keep everything focused on the child and about the visitation and about the co-parenting as opposed to letting it go off into other stuff. But again, some people wanna have these type of people involved. Some people don't, it's really up to you, but just know that it is an option that you have, okay? Again, we talked about refusing to make your child a pawn. So do not let them say, you know, well, I'm not gonna bring the child at this time if you don't do A, B, C, and D. Absolutely not. Unacceptable behavior, okay? Um, have a detailed custody agreement. Make sure that, and I know sometimes, like, you know, if you, you know, did not go through the whole thing of getting the whole official divorce or whatever like that, you know, you may not have an attorney involved, but you can still draw up some type of mutual agreement, you know, without having a divorce. So you could say, you know what? We're going to have to see an attorney about this and come up with like a custody agreement, you know, even though we're not divorced or what have you, so that we know, 
each one of us are on the same page about how we're supposed to be acting in these situations. So I would definitely recommend that. Um, keep detail, keep, excuse me, keep detailed records. So another thing, as you know, the narcissists like to do is say that they did all this stuff. I bought all this stuff for the child. I did this. I did that. Blah, 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 blah. When they ain't did nothing. Okay. Because again, it's that overinflated view of themselves. Keep records. Okay. So that then if it does get to the point where you need to go to court and say something, you have all your records. And then again, you don't even have to have those negative thoughts in your head because you got the papers right there to, to, to ease your stress, to bring it down. It's right there written down for you. So definitely keep good records. Have your child attend counseling. This one I feel is really important, okay? Because unfortunately, if it's a situation where the courts say that they have, your children have to spend time with this person, okay? And this is the type of personality that they have, it is good to get them some counseling early on in their childhood because again, it's gonna set them up more for adulthood, okay? And to deal with those issues right then in childhood because what happens is a lot of us did not get that counseling because, you know, maybe money was an issue or maybe, you know, certain parents didn't want it because they didn't want, you know, the stigma that, you know, came along with, you know, oh, my child sees a counselor, blah, blah, blah. In certain areas, well, I shouldn't say in certain areas, but years past, you know, it was more of like a almost kind of taboo thing, I guess, if your child was seeing a counselor or whatever. It was not something that people, you know, the prevailing idea years past was like, that was almost kind of like a negative thing. Now people see the value in it and it's acceptable, you know? Some people have their kids have a therapist just because they just want them to have one. There's no issues going on. They're just like, oh, I, I can afford it for my child to have an, a therapist and I'm going to let them have one. Okay, great. Um, so again, especially though, if your child is in a situation and maybe you are also feeling drained and having issues dealing with it, then I would definitely say, you know, go ahead and get your child a counselor. And even if you know, you may not have the money to pay out of pocket. There are a lot of social services that you can go through in your local community and get free counseling for your child, okay? And certain insurances, just so you know, if you call your 1-800 number that's on the back of your insurance card, most insurance companies will give you, you know, like some free counseling or point you in the right direction. They may have some leads to people in your area or even some places where you can get, you know, it covered by insurance or just different things. So just call your insurance too and see what options you have, okay? Especially for kids because, you know, I feel like this type of counseling, it's not, um, it's seen as more of something that the kids really need as for, I'm sorry, as opposed to like sometimes an adult, it's like hard to get these types of things covered in certain states and with certain insurances versus with kids. I feel that it's a little bit easier. So again, call, you know, the number on the back of your card and see if that's something that you could do. Um, next, we talked about don't argue with them. Just try to kind of long handle spoon them, you know, only talk to them about what's necessary and nothing else. Be aware of the triggers. So remember the things that they would say and do that would set you off and recognize it. And when those things do come up, don't respond to it. 
okay? Practice good self-care, mommies. This one is also a really, really important one. As I'm just gonna kind of quickly read this portion here. It says, it can be extremely stressful co-parenting with a narcissist. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Good ways to relax and let off steam include exercising, journaling, meditation, and having some compassionate friends. In order to be the best caretaker for your child, you need to take good care of yourself first. Seek your own counselor if it's helpful to air your concerns with a neutral third party. So again, I feel like um, having a counselor, you know, being a mom in this situation is something that you absolutely, if you can, one, you know, it's not easy. It is, there's a lot of emotions. This is our child. This is the most thing that we love in this whole entire world. And we're having to deal with this very complex situation. So again, take care of yourself, you know, maybe plan like after you see the narcissist. Okay. That's my one ice cream cheat day. Okay. You know, maybe you can't afford counseling, but I always like to practice giving myself treats, you know? So it's like, okay, you know, I had to drop my kid off on Sunday. I have to see him on Sunday. So Sunday night, that is my ice cream cheat day. And I'm going to have ice cream that night and kick back and watch a movie and whatever. You know, sometimes it can be as simple as that, you know, or you could go get counseling too, whatever. But, you know, that's just a little idea of something that you can do. And then maybe once a child comes back, because usually when the child comes back, they got to decompress, right? And they decompress all of that to you. So you take it all in. And then maybe the next day when the child comes back and you've already had that conversation or maybe the day after that, then maybe you go out and get your nails done, you know, or you set it up, you know, with a friend. Hey, girl, could you do me a favor? You know, you know how my ex is, freaking narcissist, you know, when little Johnny comes back, you know, he needs to let off his steam and he usually says things that are upsetting that have gone on in the past weekend, you know, um, can we just make that a standing date day for me and you, you know, and you guys can just talk about it or not talk about it, but at least you're just having like, you know, an immediate break from the negativity that's going on in your head. So that's a way you can set yourself up for success. You know, having after, you know, the child comes back from being with the other parent, you know, a little time just for you with one of your girlfriends, just to sit back and kick it. So that's just, something else that hopefully, you know, you may find helpful, just a little idea, okay? So um, I really hope that I um, hear some more tips from you ladies out there who are in this situation or have dealt with this situation, or again, like me, even from the perspective of the child in that situation and that is now an adult, all of those experience from different angles help us to all be a better parent. So we need all the perspectives, okay? So please, you know, leave a comment, okay? You know, send an email that like, this really is one that, you know, we need to hear for us to be the best moms that we can be, okay? So I really hope you guys found this episode to be helpful. I really, really hope that I shared some tips with you that you can actually implement because again, that's my goal here is to implement things that people can actually use, you know, little small, little tidbits, like setting yourself up for a date day with your girlfriend and things like that. That is a simple practical thing that you could do. Okay.
So again, I hope you found this information helpful. Um, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast and have a great day and see you in the next episode.